Welcome to the Self-Care Project podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. As coaches, moms, and athletes, we share what has worked for us and our clients, as well as our struggles. We are passionate about being real as women, moms, and professionals, and helping others live healthy lives through sustainable habits. Our mission is to help more people see self-care is not selfish. All right. Hey, you guys, I am Stacy, and I'm here with my co-host Casey. Today, we are talking about drinking alcohol and sobriety trends. And again, I feel like I just have really good timing with this because I think I almost may be in the drinking capital of the world. Living in Key West, I feel like everybody, one, is on vacation here, which I've already been warned about. And two, everything revolves around happy hour. Like everything revolves around drinking. So I, it is it is a challenge to find things to do. And especially when the people that I'm meeting, a lot of them are on vacation, they're on long-term vacations. So they're all like living their best life, drinking their cocktails. They're, what is the thing here? The rum runners, right? Mm. And so, um, but sobriety is totally a thing. So much in fact that mocktails are absolutely where it's at, craft cocktails and in my organization in particular, alcohol sales are down and people are just not drinking as much as they used to. Do you think Casey, that this is a trend or you think this is here to stay? I mean, what are your thoughts? So it's interesting because I actually looked up this a little bit because I feel like I've been seeing more and more friends, you know, becoming sober, sober in the fact that they're just not drinking anymore, not sober. And it's like, even though not necessarily feeling like they're, they have an issue managing their alcohol consumption, but just choosing not to drink anymore. And, you know, for those of you who, who listen, you guys know that we're both part of the military community. Um, although Stacy is transitioning out, which I'm a little bit jealous about, no, um, no, right? but we know in the military, if you've ever been affiliated with the military at all, alcohol in this community is so incredibly prevalent. Like every event that you will ever go to, it seems that alcohol is, is front and center. And I feel like that it, that it is that way in a lot of social settings, you know, and I'm the type now where I'm like, I, I will, I'll enjoy and partake of a drink or two when, you know, we're in a social setting, but I also feel like as I get older, even for me, it's becoming something that's less and less of a thing. You know, I feel like when you're a little bit younger, you know, everybody's like, oh, it helps kind of like sort of ease you into social settings, especially if you're not somebody that just jumps into social settings very well. You know, it's something it kind of like, but it brings down, you know, kind of that pressure a little bit. You can kind of relax a little bit. But, you know, for me, the big thing is, you know, like you guys know, I'm like, I'm a homeschool mom of three. Like I don't have time in my life anymore to dedicate days to recovery, you know? And so that's, that was a big thing that changed for me. And, you know, I'm coming from a perspective where, you know, my parents divorced when I was really young due to my dad's alcoholism. And he got help when I was very young and he got sober and he's been 30 sober for over 35 years, I think at this point. And, but for that situation, it was kind of like, it was probably a little bit like too little, too late kind of scenario, you know, and I have zero memories just so everybody's tracking. I have zero members of my, of my dad drinking. Like this was not a situation where like, it was a super volatile situation. My dad never missed a day of work, things like that. Um, so, but when my husband and I first got married, you know, these were some conversations that we had, we were young, uh, you know, 
newly drinking legal age. It was like the thing to do. And so I think I'm a little bit um, encouraged by doing some research and it being like sobriety is sort of, is sort of trending. You know, I read a thing where it's like this Gen, Gen Z is like supposedly has like the lowest they are tracking to be kind of the lowest of for alcohol consumption, which makes me kind of, kind of proud of that a little bit. I think I'm right. excited that some of these trends are, these trends are happening, but I think the biggest thing for me, when we started, when we got to discussing this topic, and we're going to get into some things where it specifically applies to what we do here, but is the fact that I think one of the most important things for people to understand is that when you're in situations and you see somebody that isn't drinking it's not really your uh, call to go and ask them why they're not having a drink, right? We, we feel like it's like, wait, that person's not drinking. Why are they not drinking? Do you right. not drink? Do you have a, do you have a problem with alcohol? Is that why you're abstaining? Oh, no, 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 no. The best one. Are you, are you pregnant? Oh, that, yeah, of course. If you're a woman, you're definitely getting the pregnancy comment. Um, <laughs> you know, but I think it's important that we understand it's none of your business. <laughs> like, right. And, oh, and- here's the thing. Like, so we just, we just choose to, right? Like, it's just a choice. Like I choose whether or not I want to eat, you know, ketchup on my French fries. Like that's, that's where it is. And I think that that's the problem that we feel like when somebody start, when we start bringing in the word sobriety, people automatically think, like you said, that there's a problem and there's just Mm -hmm. not always a problem. No, you're sometimes just making the choice, you know, and it's funny because uh, you know, I don't, you know, my husband tends to partake a little bit more than I do. And it's, it's really funny. Cause we can be in situations where I'm like, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not going to have a drink. And he'll be like, why? Or you should have a drink with me. And I'm like, I don't give into peer pressure anymore. I'm too old for that. Right. This is my choice. I am comfortable with this choice, you know? And so I think sometimes we have to take a step back. If somebody is, un- is not drinking in a situation where maybe everybody else is, or you are, and it almost makes you feel uncomfortable or starts making you feel self-conscious about your choice. That's a you problem. You need to really take a look at it and say, why am I having feelings about this person not drinking when, when I'm drinking? Because really, is it that they aren't drinking or is it, is it you causing are? you? Yeah. Is it causing you some hesitation because you are, and maybe you don't actually want to be, maybe you are giving into the peer pressure. So it's, it's really interesting. And to keep this from being, you know, an extremely long episode, because I feel like we could talk about this for a really long time. Um, Absolutely. We've got, I think, some things that we're going to get into um, that really tie into, you know, our our backgrounds here in, in fitness and nutrition and self-care. Exactly. Okay. So um, I will tell you that um, working with fitness and nutrition clients, especially in the performance area, um, where we're talking about weightlifting, where we're talking about sports nutrition, I really like one of the first things that I will tell a client initially is to give up alcohol. And there's a couple of reasons why, uh, you know, and the first thing before we get into like the big meat potatoes of it, as it applies to like weight loss, the biggest thing really, if you're, if you're focusing on performance is that alcohol absolutely will affect your performance. Alcohol will inhibit your body's ability to turn carbohydrates into glycogen and it will uh, inhibit your body's ability to recover. So, you know, like I just came off of marathon training. And one of the things that I do is I really kind of go into a period of sobriety when I'm marathon training and y'all that's a solid 
ooh, 22 weeks. So, you know, when I'm really diving into that, that's 16 weeks worth of training. That's four months where I might have one or two drinks a week and that's it. And that's just like, okay, I'm going to have a glass of red wine with my dinner or, um, and that's usually after a long run day or something like that. But I have to be really careful because even one glass of wine will make a huge impact on how I feel the next day when it comes to training. And especially when we're talking about training early in the morning. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think for it's, it's important that we understand that we don't, there's not really now a red wine. People will, people will talk to you about like the whole antioxidant conversation and that kind of stuff, but we have to realize too, like, there's really not any value <laughs> in it, but they also say that, you know, like beer is one of the best recovery drinks that you can have. Like if you're coming off of a, off of a long mm-hmm. run, you know, I ran the gate river run a few times in Jacksonville and there are 15 K that goes over the, the green monster, this massive bridge that connects Jacksonville to the downtown area. Um, and after you finish that race, you get two beer tickets, you know, and for me, I don't ever feel like putting beer into my body after I have ran, but it really is because it is those carbohydrates that can really, they say is, you know, it's a really good kind of recovery drink for you. But in the same sense, they say the same thing about chocolate milk. So Right. And so I am the one who would totally have a cold beer after I ran. And actually, if, um, if my old running partner, Leanne, she's not old, I'm old. It was a long time ago. Um, we trained for our first marathon together when we ran Honolulu. And that was one of the things that we would do. We would do our long runs on Sunday. And while everybody else was getting ready to go off to church, Leanne and I were sitting on the front porch of a Sunday drinking a beer. (laughs) So, um, you know, it just depends, but here's the thing, like, that was one beer, right? I'm not throwing down with my girlfriends, putting down a whole bottle of wine. I'm not putting down a six pack or whatever, you know, it was one, one bottle of beer, maybe two. And then, and then we were done. Right. And then we're fueling properly with food and everything else. So I will tell you the second reason, and this is, you know, aside from the performance piece, but there are a couple of reasons why I would recommend if somebody is focused on body composition, right? Because that's a lot of the clients that I work with, they are interested in body composition. If you are want to recomposition your body and you are drinking wine every day, it is the first thing that I'm going to ask you to do is to, to lay off the wine for a little while. And there's three reasons for this. One, regardless of whether you're drinking wine, you're drinking beer, you're drinking cocktails, these are empty calories, period. The majority of people are drinking these cute little cocktails or beer, or like I said, like the Rum Runner is really popular here. It was like half juice, right? Um, mm-hmm. Those calories are going to add up. And let's be honest, no one is really calculating those, those uh, liquid calories and they can have a huge impact on weight gain or weight loss, right? So you're just not getting where you need to be when you're not accounting for those. Um, And when you're drinking alcohol, your inhibitions are lowered, right? We drink more than we normally would. We're almost always making food choices that don't support our goals. And I seriously am the first one to say that I'll order those nachos or those French fries every single time when I have had a few too many cocktails. And it's great because I'm usually not hungover the next day. (laughs) However, it's not really doing anything to get me any closer to my composition goals, right? Um, The third thing here really is 
fat metabolism. So, you know, your, your liver is, and I will try really hard not to get too nerdy on you guys here. Um, (laughs) Your, your liver is what processes, that's, what's going to help you metabolize fat, but it's also going to be what helps metabolize alcohol. Uh, Your liver is absolutely going to hop in and burn off that metabolize alcohol before it does anything else. So even if you're in a deficit and you're drinking a lot of alcohol, you're going to have a really hard time metabolizing that fat and end up with other problems that I won't get into, but um, it definitely, when you, when you talk about the three of these, this is really where we, where we run into that term. A, a good friend of mine had mentioned a couple of years ago called her mom called it body bar Chardonnay. <laughs> it's where you're just getting a little soft in the middle. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons why that could be happening, but um, you know, this, these really are the top three reasons why, when I have a a client who's looking to recomposition their body, why I'm focusing on, you don't have to give it up forever. Right. And we're going to find some ways for you to be in social situations and still be able to enjoy. However, let's give it up for a little bit, see if we can get on track and then we'll start to add some things back in. Yeah, for sure. I think it comes down to two, like we, and we say this a lot, it's goals. It's what you're trying to accomplish. You know, we work with very different, uh, clients, that are looking for very different things. So this is definitely one of the first things too that I talk to my clients about. And it's one of those things where it's, you have to make this decision is, is your alcohol more important than the goals you're wanting to accomplish? And are you ready to make some sacrifices that it's going to take to hit those goals? You know, cause a lot of my clients are coming cause they've got, they're symptomatic. They've got stuff going on, you know? And so if you're telling me, or they're telling me that they're they're drinking pretty regularly. That That's one of the first things too, that it's like, listen, I understand that. And again, I think it comes down to assessing why is it that, why is it that you are choosing to drink? Like for me, <clears throat> nothing for me is better than a nice frosty cold beer. If I've been out working in the yard all day and it's hot, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've been at, we came from Florida. We're in Japan now, like it is blazing hot in the summer times. And I really, truly just enjoy it. It is an enjoyment thing. It is not because I, that I need it. It's because it is something that I enjoy, you know? And right. I think it's, I think that's something that we really have to be, we have to be careful about, but <clears throat> yeah, it just comes down to goals and what supports your goals and what, uh, what changes you're willing to make, you know, and understanding that it all has an impact. You know, you talk into calories we a lot of times don't take into consideration the calories that we drink and so all of those little things can can kind of delay uh our timeline and and meeting those goals so right and you know that's one of those things too like i i feel like you kind of touched on this a little bit casey but um thinking about you know, what the impact is on your hormones and what the impact is on the rest of the systems in your body when we're talking about alcohol and that, you know, you really just need to move into some of these goals and into this phase of life. I mean, y'all, you're paying us to do this. Like, (laughs) you know, stop, stop clouding your judgment. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, put some things into place that, you know, and I think about, I think I talk about this uh, in a couple of episodes where we talk about just really like getting rid of those barriers and those roadblocks. And I feel like for a lot of people, and we go back to this inhibition thing, but 
for a lot of people, alcohol really is a roadblock. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't mean that we can't come back to that. We can't add that back in later. We can't find some strategies, but it's not always the best thing to have in there initially. Like we just, you know, we need to remove that barrier and then bring it back in with some guidance in a healthy way. Because at the end of the day, like I believe whatever it is, like I really enjoy a really good glass of wine. And, but I I do know that there are, there have been times where I'm having two or three glasses of that really good glass of that really good bottle of wine. And, and that, you know, I, I just kind of need to like hit the restart button and go back and remember what my priorities are and, you know, just kind of reassess that. And sometimes that means like just a clean slate. Like we're, we're just starting over with that. Yep. And that's fine. It's not a forever place. We talk about that a lot. You know, it's whether it's performance nutrition or it's functional nutrition, it's all about being able to live your life kind of on your terms when it comes to that and feeling like that you are developing a safe and healthy relationship with your nutrition as a whole. And so that's, that's where a lot of this, I think, comes from. It's why we wanted to talk about this in some way, because it's understanding how, that it is a barrier, but also understanding that at the end of the day, we are just trying to give you guys the tips and tricks to help you be able to feel that you can take full control over what it is that you want and how you're going to support yourself and your goals and your body the best way that you can. Exactly. And, you know, if you guys have questions about this or, you know, you have comments or this is something that you want to chat about, I do know that this is kind of a hot topic, right? And um, we, we are here for it. Send us a message on Instagram, shoot us a message on our email, either one. Our link is always, for, you know, in our bio for that. But we would just love to hear about your opinions on this and where you guys stand. Because like we said, the, the new sobriety trend has absolutely nothing to do with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, I feel like we just automatically assume is that, oh, what happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you, are you, are you <laughs> yeah. pregnant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but oh, all right. On that note, you guys, we're going to keep this short and sweet today, but if you have questions about this, or you want to have a, uh, have a discussion about it, we are totally open to that. And we hope you guys found some value in this and we will talk to you guys all soon. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the episode. Check the show notes for details. And as always, you can connect with us on Instagram at self-care project podcast. If you're interested in joining us or there's something you want to hear about, please send us a DM. You can find me at caseystevens.com or on Instagram at caseystevenswellness. You can find me at stacygartner.com or on Instagram at stacygartner. Everything else is linked in the show notes. Take care and stay healthy, you guys.